Shortly after I was born again in 1975, I was at our local prayer group where there were 10 to 15 women. We were standing in a circle, as I remember it, and they were praying for somebody. We all had our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and I heard a word from God look up. So when I looked up, I saw on a plain wall an outline of a part of the human body. And I said to God, I know that is a part of the human body, but I don't know what part. And I heard stomach. I said, oh yeah, it's a stomach. I remember the old Pepto-Bismol commercials. As soon as the women quit praying, I said, does anybody have a stomach problem? And one little woman jumped up and down and said, I do, I do. Now, I was so excited over what I was shown and how I was shown it that I don't know what happened to her. I assume they prayed for her. But this is how God started with me, showing me open visions, and I think word of knowledge, spiritual gift. That's in 1 Corinthians 12. There are three sections that I know of in the Bible where God discusses spiritual gifts for the New Testament church. All three of these examples are in the New Testament Bible. We'll look first at 1 Corinthians 12. Start at verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. I believe what God is saying here is there are different ways that he would show spiritual gifts. In my case, he was going to show me this word of knowledge by putting outlines on a blank wall or putting even the whole picture on a blank wall. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. One time I asked my aunt, what is your spiritual gift? And she thought about it, and she was a church of Christ, so they didn't discuss this kind of thing. And she thought about it, and then she said, well, I always thought it might be love. Well, I didn't tell her this. But I don't think love is the spiritual gifts listed in the spiritual gifts. Love is given to every Christian. Verse 7, let's start there. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. And that would basically be what to do about something, how to handle it. To another, the word of knowledge, 
And that would be something that we had no way of knowing, but something that was going to happen or was happening. It says, to another word of knowledge by the same spirit. It's the same spirit giving these gifts. To another faith by the same spirit. There is a spiritual gift of faith, and I think it just gives you an overwhelming faith in a situation. Maybe other people wouldn't have faith, but you would have it. And to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles by the same Spirit. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, verse 11. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will, as God wills. One time the leader of the prayer group said, if God will show Joan Boney that, he'll show me. Well, that's not true. Because these are spiritual gifts divided by God and given as he wills. Verse 13, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. But God dividing to every man severally as he wills. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not all the same given to the entire group. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 27-28 Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church to care for the church, not all, some. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now Romans 12, verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. I have a gift of exhortation. There are two sections of Scripture which constantly encourage me to use this gift continually for the church. One 
section of scripture is in Hebrews 3. We'll look at that. Start at verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another daily. That's the reason you see me write daily exhortations on the blog and present daily exhortations on podcast. There is usually a new exhortation every day on the blog and every day on the podcast because that's what this scripture says for me to do. Verse 13, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Another section on exhortation is in Hebrews 10. We'll start at verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water of the word. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, ourselves, that doesn't mean assemble with the apostate church, assemble with the ones who are led by God, who have faith in God, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day of the Lord approaching. As I see us getting closer to the time of the return of Jesus, where the sin of the world and the apostate churches increases, I must even do more exhortations. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, some people practice a totally different religion from what I read in the Bible. They become, so to speak, Christians, or they go forward to the Catholic Church and are baptized, or they're baptized as children, and they're Catholics, and they go out and commit fornication. And then they confess their sin to a priest. And then they go out and commit fornication. And then they confess their sin to a priest. Well, that is sinning willfully. They know it's wrong to do that. For if we sin willfully after 
that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace. We are forgiven sins once at the beginning of our conversion. I mean, we're forgiven also throughout our life. I don't mean to imply we're not. But to go out and willfully sin, Jesus told the woman taken in adultery in John 8. What did he tell her? He said, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. You can't keep committing adultery after the knowledge of the truth. You can't keep committing fornication after the knowledge of the truth. To try to do that is to crucify Jesus afresh. We can also read what Peter says about this in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness then after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Another section of scripture, Hebrews chapter 6, start at verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. 
Concerning spiritual gifts, there are a couple of things listed after exhortation. Romans 12, verse 8. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. After the experience at the prayer group where God showed me a stomach outlined on the wall, God often gave me open visions, a word of knowledge. When I attended the Bible class at the church that I was attending, and sometimes as I sat alone at my home, God would usually show me these visions on a solid wall. In September 2022, a very shocking thing happened. Pam Paget was diagnosed with bladder cancer. We were unbelievably stunned. One day, as I was sitting in my TV room, I saw something in the corner at the ceiling of the wall. It was a very quick view and seemed to be a ball type of mass of something wadded up in the corner of the ceiling of the room. Suddenly, it just shrank. It was all puffy, and then it just, and I heard a whooshing sound, and it was gone. It was like it fell in on itself and was gone. And I thought this likely had to do with Pam and that cancer. Pam began chemotherapy treatments in 2022. They were planning to remove her bladder after the chemo, which meant the bladder removal would have been in late December of that year or early January. Now that is a horrible thing to face. Pam began praying, asking God if there was any other way this treatment could be done without removing the bladder. The chemopharmacist gave Pam some writings explaining what to expect from chemotherapy treatments. There were over 20 pages of information. After reading these, Pam decided to read an additional 
page that the pharmacist just sort of threw in with the material. It was about bladder cancer treatment in general. On this page, there was the following statement which stood out to Pam for it fitted what she had been asking God. Quote, An approach using chemotherapy with radiation therapy may provide the same benefits as bladder removal. And that was the answer. Pam began asking God if this was the way to go. A member of our little church group had been trained as a nurse, and when she read this statement, she said, Now I have hope. Pam asked God how to switch to radiation chemo and omit surgery. God gave Pam a dream showing her in the medical office and she was speaking to a doctor while a man was sitting with Pam. Pam felt this man was from God, put there with her to assist her in speaking to the medical doctors. Five of the doctors and their assistants felt the radiation was not ideal for Pam's case, and the best thing to do was chemo followed by surgery, surgical removal of the bladder. But they said they would switch the plan. This is incredible. Doctors switching a plan that they had designed? But they said they would switch the plan from removal of bladder to radiation chemo treatments if that is what Pam wanted. After this, Pam met with the chemo doctor. He warned that the chemo given with radiation therapy for bladder cancer is harder on the body than the initial chemo, which was planned for bladder removal. He said she might need a blood transfusion and possibly need to be hospitalized. The chemo doctors then asked Pam if she had peace about making this change in treatments. Pam told him she had prayed and asked God if there was any way she could be spared bladder removal. And after praying that, she saw the information provided by the pharmacist about chemo with radiation. And she said, I felt this was an answer to my prayer. Then the chemo doctor asked Pam if she was a Christian. And Pam told him she is a Christian. He said he is as well. Then he said since Pam had peace about making this change, he would set up this type of chemo and coordinate it with the radiation oncologist. 
and that he would prescribe things to help her to get through this chemo as easily as possible. After meeting with the various medical people, Pam says, we stopped the first type of chemo and the doctors started setting things up for chemo with radiation. The chemo with radiation therapy began in mid-December 2022 and was completed in January 2023. Interestingly, said Pam, the chemo with radiation turned out to be easier for her, not harder, as the doctor had expected. She had no serious problems, just mostly fatigue. But even then, the fatigue wasn't as much as with the first chemo plan. And radiation was no problem at all. So after the treatments were finished, the chemo with radiation, two procedures were scheduled to be done in April 2023 to see if there were any signs of cancer. Everything seemed to be going fine. But then not long before those procedures where they would find out if the chemo had taken care of the cancer. Fearful thoughts suddenly came to Pam, such as, what if the tests show more cancer? Pam says, I was very shaken and turned to God for help and was given the concept of resting in having done what I had been led to do by God. And that is a critical concept. After you hear from God, you rest in what God has said. Because the devil brought the, the idea that what if the tests show more cancer? Having done what I had been led to do by God, says Pam, resting in him, in his word to me, was what I knew I had to do. For God will work everything according to his purpose for me, says Pam. I just needed to go in the way I believed that God was leading me. Concerning God's purpose for Pam, she has a spiritual gift of helps. She is assigned to this ministry by God. She was given a dream many years ago that I was to be her supervisor. When I got ready to start a blog, who did I think of? Pam. She was a programmer for FedEx. She knew computers. She could set up the blog, which she did. And within three days, we were publishing the blog. That was in March of 2012. And then in 2015, when I wrote books for Amazon, they're self-published books, so we had to do our own technical work. Pam did that. And then, at this point in time, Pam does all of the 
work to allow you to hear the podcast because I don't know how to do that. The only thing I can do is record, and Pam does all the technical work so that it can go out on the Internet and you can hear it. So what is God's plan for Pam? In fact, I wouldn't be able to do two-thirds of this ministry without Pam or someone like her. So the burden of this problem was enormous. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Plus, I live at Pam's house, and she takes care of me. I can't walk. I can't even feed the animals. All I can do is record and write. So it would mean that I would have to go to assisted living and couldn't do two-thirds of the ministry work. It was an enormous pressure on both of us. Pam says, also, I was given a dream in which I was at the urologist's office to have a scope procedure to see the status of the cancer. At another point in the dream, there were two garbage-type bags with what looked like yard waste in them. The bags were being examined by scientists or doctors who were looking for disease. No disease was found in either bag. When I woke from this dream, I prayed about what this dream might mean to me, and especially what the bags represented. The next morning, I was reminded of the two upcoming procedures and felt God was showing me that no disease would be found during the procedures in April where they were looking for cancer. The first procedure was done on Friday, April 14, 2023 by the urologist who was looking inside my bladder using a scope. Before he did this, he began by saying that his understanding is that I'd gone to see the specialist surgeon in Denver, and it sounded like I wasn't keen on having my bladder removed. No, you mean you want to use a bag for the rest of your life to do the work of the bladder? She laughed and told him that was correct. She wasn't keen on having her bladder surgically removed. He went on to explain that with the scope, he would be checking to see if the chemo had done what was needed but that if he found a problem, it could probably be taken care of with a more minor surgery than was needed last September. Pam says, I felt he was trying to prepare me for him finding a problem. 
But as he looked at my bladder, he said, This looks great. He said this at least three times as he checked various things in the bladder. He did find a small red area, but said nothing needs to be done about that at this time. He'll just monitor it. Overall, he seemed very surprised as he kept saying, This looks great. The second procedure, a CT scan, is scheduled for next Wednesday, April 19th. I keep being reminded of the dream that I had where the two bags of waste were being examined by doctors or scientists. They were looking for disease but found none. And then after that report from that doctor, I realized that it was a word from God, which I had had in September 2022, where I saw this mass of substance and it suddenly just kind of fell in on itself, imploding, and was gone. That was an open vision from God. When you have those visions, you're not really sure that it's God. You just have the vision. And all you can report is, I received this vision that I think was from God, and I think it was about this subject. But until it is over, you're not really sure. You just wait to see the results, and then when the results come, you know it was from God. I'm going to continue this subject and all of these examples of open visions that I have had showing you things about open visions, I'll continue it on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.